Bibles with me to John chapter 6, Gospel of John chapter 6. I feel the very sweet presence of the Lord in this place this evening. Even when we were back there praying before coming up here this evening, there was just something different in the atmosphere. I hope you feel that this evening. I believe God is wanting to do something in this house. and I pray, and I pray that He does. Thank you, Jesus. Gospel of John, chapter 6. We're going to read in verse 53. We're going to begin reading there. Also, if you want to go ahead and mark to turn to Romans chapter 8 as well. We're going to be going there here in a moment. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of His blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 13. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify or kill the deeds of the flesh, or the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Turn to your neighbor and say, adoption. Say it louder than that, adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before You. Lord, we're just asking for Your presence to stay and for Your Holy Spirit to come down and to preach to us tonight. Lord, I, I, have, I have travailed and I, I believe that that there is a word of encouragement here for the people of God tonight. And Lord, I ask that our ears would be open, that we would hear, our hearts be open, that we would receive what Your Spirit has to say. And Lord, we need simply Your power to come. We need for Your glory to fall. We need for Your will to be done, Jesus. 
Lord, we just simply need you and what you have for us. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, Amen. We see in John chapter 6 that Jesus is talking symbolically about his body and his the, and the blood that will be shed on Calvary for our sins. And, and we know that this is really a precursor to what we know as communion. But he says, listen, in, 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 in verse number 53, he says that truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, ye have no life in you. And we turn over to Romans, and Romans really depicts to us a battle. In verse 13, this, this warring against the flesh. Our flesh, and, and the enemy loves to use our flesh to try to derail life. Try to stop life. The Bible tells us in John 10, 10, that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Life is not the enemy's prerogative, and it's not your flesh's prerogative. It, your flesh wants you to live for you. But Jesus says, listen, you have to take of my flesh because he's telling them here in this chapter that I'm the bread of life. That your fathers in the wilderness coming out of Egypt ate manna from heaven and they died. It was supernatural bread, but they still died. But if they would partake of Christ that they would have eternal life. But he says something. He says, listen, if you will not only take of my body, but drink of my blood. And then we go over to Romans, and he says that the writer there, that Paul says, listen, we now have through the Spirit, we have the Spirit of adoption where we can cry, Abba, Father. Where we've been grafted in where we've been made sons and daughters of God. And he goes on to say, if sons of God, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. But don't forget that there's this struggle at the beginning of this, the reading that I, I gave to you tonight in verse 13. He says you have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. If you go back to John chapter 6, again, he says you can eat the, the supernatural manna from heaven, but you'll surely die. You have to become one with me. I want to give you a blood transfusion, if you will. I want to give you a new name, a new future, and a new outcome. But I, I want to, and I'll, I'll get back to my text here tonight, but I'm going to take a small detour. And I want you to know that there is a battle going on inside of each and every one of you right now in your physical body, whether you know it or not. This battle is something we never think about. Hardly ever does, cross our, does it cross our mind. But there's a battle going on in the blood in your body. I, I want to just make you aware that there's a fight taking place in your blood right now. The, the, the medical doctors say, I about said the Bible said, but it does say. Um, it says this as well, but that blood is essential to life. 
Blood circulates through our body and delivers essential substances like oxygen and nutrients to the body's cells. It also transports metabolic waste away from those same cells. The waste in your body comes from the normal breakdown of your cells or, or a- active tissue or from the food you eat. Your body uses the food for energy and to self-repair itself. After the body has taken what it needs from the food and the waste is sent all, both of those, what, what's left over from the food and the waste from your cells, it is sent through the blood to the kidneys so your kidneys can filter it out of your body. Because there's something that lies in the blood that shouldn't be there. Your body which was formed by God, knows that it needs to remove it. It needs to take it out of the equation. And we see that the blood in our body is a give and a take. It takes some, but yet it gives some. It gives nutrients. It gives oxygen. It gives the source of life, but yet it takes what's not needed. And what will limit your body from moving forward and being energetic and, 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 and going forward in, in your daily life. Without the blood, we couldn't keep warm and we can't keep cool. The blood fights infections. It gets rid of our waste products. Without the blood or enough blood, we would become weak and we would die it gives it takes but we find in scripture that God is the same way Job says in Job chapter 1 that the Lord gave and he's taken away he's given and he's taken away the Bible tells us in Leviticus 17 That for the life of the flesh is the blood. There's life in the blood. You can't survive without blood. And Jesus, being the creator of all mankind, knows that in order for us to be saved and to be bought back from sin, which Adam and Eve chose and mankind still choose today, in order to be bought back, he would have to give you new life. He would have to give you a different type of DNA, a different makeup. He would have to give you a a blood transfusion, as I said earlier, because we say that, as, as I quoted John 10, 10, that the enemy comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said at the latter half of that verse, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly, and life is found in your blood. He says, listen, you have to partake of my blood. You have to partake of my body because I want to change who you are. I want to do something in your life that you could never imagine. I I want to circulate through your veins and and, in your spirit, man, and in your body and, and in that body that I'm creating and I placed in you. I'm wanting to create something that you could never imagine. I'm wanting you to be able to step into the supernatural. He told his disciples, listen, I believe that you will do even greater works than I. 
But he says, you have to go to an upper room so I can endue you with power. And we'll, we'll get there in a second. I, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But just as the blood in our bodies gives and takes, so does the blood of Jesus. Also, as our blood in our bodies fights for your survival, so does the blood of Jesus. I believe we have a battle, spiritually speaking, in the church today about our identity and who we are. And really, it's a battle over the blood. It's a battle over the blood. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 and 12, and, and hang with me, I promise I'm going somewhere, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let me tell you today that the enemy would like nothing more than to buffet and come against your flesh to stop you from realizing who you really are and whose you really are and what you are really capable of. He wants to stop you from looking at your life when you're in a hard situation, when you need healing in your body, when there's no money to pay the bills, or, or when you're really fighting and battling depression and anxiety, and it just feels like the world's caving in on you. What he's wanting you to do, what the enemy's not wanting you to do, is to look in to your inner man. And as David said, I encourage myself and the Lord because David knew who he was, that he was anointed of God, that he had a purpose for God, that God God was taking him places. And it's about time that we as a living church of God in this latter day say, Jesus, I'm partaking of your body. I'm partaking of your blood. I want your DNA. I want you and myself to become as one. And I want to begin to look at myself as you see me because your Bible tells me that you call those things that are not as though they were. When I say I'm insignificant, you say, no, you're more than enough. And you say, I can't do this. He said, no, but my my blood is flowing through your veins that you are as we sing the song you are truly a child of the king he says you have received a spirit of adoption and if you are therefore sons then you are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ if you go up in the previous verses of that chapter he says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you and it shall quicken it shall energize your mortal bodies. Listen, I believe that there's a quickening coming. I believe as Elijah said, it's time for the church to rise up and say, I'm not scared. Come hell or high water, I have the blood of Jesus flowing through my veins because he's circulating. He's going to and through. He's, re he's removing my flesh. He's killing my fleshly desires. He's killing my fleshly instincts. I'm not going to react as I always did. I'm not going to get down and out like I always did but because his blood is now in me and flowing through me I have confidence when nobody else does I have peace when nobody else does I have joy when nobody else does I'll survive when nobody else will I'll go when nobody else will go why because I have become adopted son of Jesus Christ
It's the blood. There's life in the blood. There's life in the blood. He wants to circulate through our spirit man. Circulation just means the movement to and fro and around something. He wants to be in every part of your life. Hebrews tells us in chapter 12 that our God is a consuming fire. He wants all of us. And church, if we want to be that glorious bride that we read about in the back of the book, in the book of Revelation that Jesus is coming back for, a church of signs and wonders, a church of relationship and intimacy with God, He's got to have all of us. The blood gives and the blood takes. We need to get to the place, and I believe many, many are, not just in this house, not just in my life, but in houses across this nation, watching the news, watching what's going on. They're saying something has to change. Something has to change. He wants to move in every part of us. He wants to take and remove the flesh the fleshly thinking, the fleshly doubt, and the fleshly worry out of us. What I believe, and this is the thought that started this entire message, what I believe is He wants the children of God to stop letting their hands and their feet, spiritually speaking, the going and the reaching. He says, listen, they've fallen asleep. They've fallen asleep. I, I was just reading a little bit of what happens. How many's ever woke up and your arm just don't feel right? Because you've slept on it and you're just like... <laughs> it's just flopping around. You're rolling over and it's still over there because you can't feel it anymore. And, and, and what, what happens is it says, the, a doctor said it, put it this way, says, while you're snoozing, the weight of your head. How many knows what the Bible says? In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so let, let's draw that parallel. The weight of your head. How many knows that your heart sometimes can beat out of your chest because you feel the, the anticipation, the excitement of the Spirit of the Lord, but your head will lay right on that thing and cause it to temper down and talk yourself out of it. The weight of your head puts pressure on the blood vessels that thread through your arm, cutting off circulation. Such tie-ups prevent energizing sugar and oxygen from reaching the nerve fibers. This is a blood, this blood drought sabotages the normal flow of sensory data to your brain as the parched nerves start firing off messages at random. What we've done in the American church is we've allowed our head to talk us out of what God's wanting us to become, which is His hands, which is His feet, 
which is his word, which is, which is his message. We're his ambassadors. And we've allowed our head to lay on the members of our spiritual man. And there's a spiritual drought. And he's saying, I want to circulate. I, I want to move to and throw. I, I, want, I want to consume you. I, I want to give you energizing power. How many knows that sugar gets you pumped up? It gets you ready to go. It, it gets you all excited. And that's what he's saying. It's, it's almost similar symbolically. He said, I want to energize your mortal body. I want to quicken you. I want to fill you with my spirit. I want my blood to circulate through your spirit, man. And he said, but the church has to get their head off my body. Because he said, I'm the head. You're my body. You see, this, the blood gifts but yet it takes saying I have to take your mind and I have to transform it you hear me say all the time here and I'm sorry I, I know I say this and I quote this all the time we know Romans chapter 12 verse 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God and as I already quoted this next verse says that, that not to be conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so many people want to renew mind but nobody wants to have a laid down life everybody wants to sleep on it God, I feel you. I feel you. I feel the anticipation. I feel the excitement. How many, how many knows what it feels like when, when the Lord is just unctioning you to pray for someone or, or to testify or, or to witness to someone next to you? It's like your heart's beating out of your chest, but your head. No. He says, I, I don't want you. I don't want your, your mentality and your mind to limit what my blood can do. I don't want your thinking, your stinking thinking, to limit what I can do. And this is where I get to my title. This is my title, came from a doctor. And this doctor said this, there is no substitute for blood. There is no substitute for blood. It cannot be made or manufactured. It cannot be manufactured in a lab. It can't be copied. They've tried and they've tried and they've failed. And they fail, and they fail. He said, there is no substitute for the blood. Because it can't be made, and it can't be manufactured. It can't be duplicated. He says this, he goes on to say, the only way that we can receive blood is through donations. How many ever seen this, the t-shirt that said, a blood donor saved my life? has a cross on it because there's no substitute in our spiritual life for the blood of Jesus. 
This world will try to tell you, well, you can substitute that for drugs. You can substitute that for tobacco. You can substitute that for this or that. And, and listen, we all cling to all kinds of things. You, you can substitute that for a movie. You can substitute that for sexual immorality. You can substitute that for pornography. You can substitute anything in this world. It's a, it's a pick and choose. You can get any combo you want in this day and age. But I will tell you, as a blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ, that there is still no substitute for the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no one that can compare to his power. There is no blood that has purchased me like the blood of Jesus. There is no blood that can save me like the blood of Jesus. There is no blood that you can look to the scriptures and see where he says, by my stripes, you are healed. There's no other blood that can heal my body. There's no other blood that can set the captive free. There's no other blood that can open blinded eyes. There's no other blood that can give you confidence, that can make you capable. There's no other blood that can save you, raise you up, set your feet on a solid rock and say, I'm here. I'm your, I'm one with you. You are mine. I am yours. Because when, when, when in our blood we find that in our blood lies DNA. Makes up who we are. But when we're saved and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we begin to draw close to Him. He, the Bible says that He'll begin to draw nigh unto you. And what's happening is He's, he's giving and He's taking. He's removing and He's putting in. He's removing and he's putting in. He says, you have fear, I give you love. You have fear, I give you power. You have fear, I give you a sound mind. You're facing depression. I say, be anxious for nothing. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap if you faint not. And listen, he's taking, but yet he's putting in. Because listen, Jesus may take some things out of my life that don't need to be there. But Chris, it's nothing compared to what he gives me. He said, I'll endure you with power from on high. I'll let you speak in other tongues. I'll let you lay hands on the sick and see them recover. No other blood can do that but the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no substitute. They can't manufacture it. They can't duplicate it. Nobody else can give me the feeling or the identity that the blood of Jesus can. It's in his blood. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. So I'm battling fear. That's not who you are. I'm sick and afflicted. That's not who you are. I'm battling. But that's not who you are. You're a victor. You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. That's not who you are. There's no substitute for the blood of Jesus, for the love of Jesus, for the grace of Jesus, through the mercy of Jesus, there is no substitute for the power of His blood. Amen. Church, I believe what grieves the Lord the most, because you can find through Scripture, Pastor, He wants obedience. He told Saul, I'd rather your obedience than all the sacrifice you could ever give me. What he was saying, and I, I tell the young men this all the time, 
He said, I would rather have you and your heart and your obedience and you being in my will than all your religious activities. I'd rather have you than to have you sit in service every Sunday but not do anything. I'd rather have you be obedient and be close to me than you to say, oh, I volunteered here and I volunteered there. He said, those things are good, but I want your obedience. Throughout the, throughout the scriptures, we read that he just wants obedience. And I believe what grieves the Lord the most in the American church is he finds them sleeping on their members. And he's saying, I want to pump power into you. I want to pump an anointing into you. I, I really do want to quicken your mortal body. I really want to breathe life into you. I, I know you want to partake of me. You say you want to partake of me, but you got to be obedient to me. If you love me, keep my commandments is what he says in John 14. And he, he, he finds that I, I found, I, I'll put it this way, I've found in prayer and study what I believe grieves the Lord the most. See, as a church, that's limiting the blood flow. Oh, we'll sing there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. He said they'll sing it, but do they believe it? Do they realize that that power, that power, that wonder-working power is alive on the inside of them? Do they realize truly we hear it all the times that they are joint heirs with me? That I sit on the right hand of my Father making intercession for them. That I am the bright and morning star. That I am the first and the last. I'm everything in between. Do they realize who I've made them and created them to be? That they are salt but yet they are light. That they are a shining city on a hill that will shine out to everybody and that cannot be hid. He said that's my church. My church is a powerful church. My people are a people that take the limits off me that say listen I'm not letting my stinking thinking I'm not letting my mind not being transformed I'm not going to let it limit what God can do in my life and they say I want full circulation I want him to move to and through my body I want him to minister to me and through me I want to reach my hand out and touch the leopard and watch them make clean you say oh we don't deal with that that much yes we still do in many countries around this world but just besides the point how many of you would want to experience the full power of the blood of Jesus Christ in such a way that you could walk up, and we use this story a lot, but where you could walk up as Peter and John did to the man sitting outside the temple. They was just going to church. It was just an ordinary day. They were going to worship in the temple, but the chapter before, Jaden, they'd been in an upper room and they had a full transfusion of his blood and of his power and they tasted of something they never known before. They were just going to go through things as normal. They were just going to get back to life as normal. But when the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus has taken over your life, you'll find that nothing is ordinary. Nothing is normal. Nothing is as it used to be. And they said, well, we're just going to the church. We're just going to the church house. We're going to praise and we're going to worship Lord. But no, they saw a beggar. And he said, I want alms. I want alms from you. And Peter said something rose up on the inside of him. It was the blood it was the Holy Ghost in power rose up on the inside of him and he said gold and silver have I none but such as I have I give unto thee get up walk 
That's the power that I want flowing in this generation. That's the anointing I want flowing in this church, in the American church, because we hear all the time, let's get back to normal. Though COVID, let's get back to normal. The church cannot afford to get back to church as normal. We have to get in an upper room and we have to have a blood transfusion. We have to be transfused with not only his blood, but the power that that blood contains. And when we walk in and out of the church, that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's the power I want. That's the power I want. Church, there's no substitute. There's no duplicate. There's nothing that this world can manufacture that will satisfy like the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that this world can produce on its manufacturing and assembly lines that that can cure what's going on in America. I heard today, oh, well, we think we're closer to a, a vaccine for COVID. Listen, my vaccine's the blood of Jesus. If you want to take it, that's fine. That's your prerogative. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take vaccines. That's, that's not what I'm sitting here and saying. But what the, world does, what the world needs is not something that comes out of a medical facility. What they need is something that the church has been sleeping on and bottling up for the last thousand years. In the last hundred, and the last fifty years, they've been sitting on it. And there's no circulation. But if we will release our head and our mind to flow with what God is putting in our hearts and in our lives and walk in his will and his way in obedience we'll find that this church will get the answer that there is no substitute for the blood and the love and the transforming power of Jesus Christ they'll come to the music please we've got to stop cutting off the circulation of the spirit at work in our life Got to remove the limits. We've got to remove the limits. Jesus says, your identity is as simple as, as the verse we read in verse 56 of John chapter uh, 6. He says, he that drinketh my blood dwelleth in me.
his blood. It's the price he paid. We've been talking about the blood. I've, I've read things. I've researched. If I'm wrong on this, I went to the medical university of old Gugal. Gugal U or Google. basic components that comprise of human blood. Plasma, red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets. Plasma, it's a, it's, it's a, a liquid, it's a fluid, it's a yellowish fluid. And listen, I'm not a medical doctor. Proteins, sugars, hormones, and salts. It transports water and nutrients into your body and to its tissues. So, what does that mean spiritually? Jesus has got the cover. What gives us the proteins? What gives us the sugar?
exact here, but when we began to pray in that choir room, Brother Bob Anderson, Pastor, there was an atmosphere that just, as soon as, as we all began to pray for him, Brandon, there was a shift. trying to say uh, we, in, in, our, in our body we have the plasma we have the red cells the, the white cells and we have the platelets but all in all what I'm trying to tell you right now is whatever you have need of Sister Terry whatever you have need of Brother Jason it's in the blood and there's no substitute there's no substitute we've got to stop cutting off the circulation got to take the limits off what God is wanting to do. Do you realize that it's through your through his blood that the Bible says that we overcame him, the adversary. We overcame him, the situation that he was bringing into your life by the blood of the lamb. By the word of your testimony. Bible tells us this. For even the Son, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life as a ransom for many. Romans says it like this. Romans 5, 6, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And we are bought with a price. We are bought with His blood, redeemed by His blood. Church, there's no substitute. There's no substitute. There's no way around it. There's no way we're going to get through what we're going through as a nation and as a church body in America without the blood of Jesus. We cannot forsake and we cannot forget the blood. I'm going to ask you tonight to come forward. Find yourselves a place to pray. Find someone to pray with. Plead the blood over their life. Plead the blood of Jesus over their situation. As the musicians begin to play and the singers begin to sing, whatever you're going through, whatever hell is thrown at you this week, whatever the enemy has lied and told you this week, or told you your entire life about yourself, it's time to look deeper beyond your flesh and realize that his DNA, his blood is in you. And where his blood is, there's power, there's freedom, there's restoration, there's renewal because the blood is life. 
where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, I've come to give life. I've come to give blood. So tonight I'm going to ask you to come around these altars. Make it deliberate. Come around these altars. Find yourselves a place to pray. Come. Come. If you, want, if you, you feel like praying with someone, pray with somebody. But we're going to plead the blood of Jesus. have your blood we've got to have the the power it contains Jesus I need healing I need restoration it's in the blood it's in the blood 